Have you subscribed to Your Money, Your Wealth yet? You can on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Player FM, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Or you can just visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click subscribe to our podcast. Enter your email address and you'll receive our weekly podcast newsletter. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, are you on track for retirement? Big Al has his very own retirement calculator to help you find out. If it turns out you're a little behind in your saving for retirement, Al also has three ways to get caught up. Now, if you're wondering if Joe has contributed anything to this episode, that would be a yes. We've got questions and Joe's got answers on the differences between 403Bs, 457s, and 401As. He clears up the whole Roth five-year clock thing, and he answers my question about doing a Roth conversion from my current 401K. Now, with more financial information than should possibly be able to fit in two brains, here are Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. I got a surprise for you. Yeah, I, I heard so, you got a new retirement calculator. Yeah, this is original content by, <laughs> by Alan Clopine. All right, Big let's, Al. let's see it. So because, Joe, we're about to start up our new TV show season, so I'm trying to come up with some new thoughts because this is season five. And it's like, how many ways can you have a show to say, here's how you figure out you're on track for retirement? Right. So I guess the, the formula, and people have heard us say this before, but uh, I will repeat it. Like, let's just say... You know, you want to spend seventy-five thousand uh, dollars in in retirement. So, and and most people don't even know what they're spending. So, take a start. Take a look at your net pay. You know, your net pay and your net paycheck. You know, maybe it's whatever, whatever. You know, let's just say it's um, I don't know, five thousand uh, uh, dollars every two paycheck, twenty-five hundred dollars per pay, right? And you get paid twice a month, so that's five thousand dollars per month is your saving. Twelve months, that's sixty thousand dollars is what you're spending. If you're married, maybe you add your spouses to that. And then you got to figure out, am I spending more than that or less? In other words, am I, am I charging up my retirement accounts and my home equity loans? So in other words, I'm spending more. Or am I actually saving, right? So right. maybe I'm spending less. But you got to start with that figure, what, what you're currently spending. How many people do you think know that number? Well, they don't. That's why I'm giving you a shortcut. <laughs> yeah, how many people <laughs> do you think will follow the shortcut? Uh, everyone. That's a problem, though, you I, know? Uh, yeah. Because it, if they would just spend a little bit of time to yeah, so, figure out exactly so here, what that spending is. So here's a 10-minute formula. All right. Take 10 minutes of your life to yes. know whether you're on track exactly. for, for time. Uh, right? That's but, all you need. This is So this is it. So I'm t- giving you step one, right. right? Which is figure out your spending by looking at your net pay. Now, if you're a business owner, this is quite much more complicated. Absolutely. Yeah. But so this is for people that are wage earners. They've got net pay, and then they get a sense, am I spending all of it, or mm-hmm. am I saving some of that? Right. And I'm not counting your 401k or your 403b. That's, that's, it's already taken from your gross. I'm yeah. talking about your net, what's left over. What, what gets the direct deposit in your exactly. checking Exactly. What comes into your checking account? Are you spending all of that? Then maybe that's your, your average spend. Yeah, 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 exactly. So in our example, let's just say it's $75,000. Okay. Now, when people do that, maybe they're five years away or 10 years away from retirement, 20 years away, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a problem. That's inflation, right? Right. And so I try to come up with a simple calculator for inflation. I mean, you can go online and get all these calculators. So if you're driving around, stop the car, get your pen out. Right. <laughs> so if you're going to – and I just used a 3% inflation rate. All you, right. You could use we, – we use like 3.7 at Pure Financial just to be more conservative. It's been closer to 2% the last decade. But anyway, 3% is a pretty good average for the last 100 years. So I've used a 3%. And, I, and here, here's how it works is if you're going to retire in – Five years from now, you've got a you got your expenses are sixteen percent higher. 
So let me give you an example. So you take 75,000 times 1.16, that's 16%. So, and that gets 87,000. So here's where you need a pencil, is to write down these figures. If it's five years from now, you're gonna have to add 16% to your expenses. If it's 10 years from now, you gotta add 34%. If it's 20 years from now, you have to add 81%. 16, 34, 81. So 20 years from now, it's the dollar is basically what you're saying is going to lose 84% of its value? Yeah, 81% is, 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 of is value. correct. In other words... Or I need $2 just about a $1.84 to dollars worth of goods today. If you think about something that you're spending a dollar for today, it's going to cost you a dollar eighty-one Or a dollar eighty-one. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You'll, 20 you'll years from now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I will 16, get this. <laughs> 16, 34, 81, <laughs> 5 year, 10 year, 20 years. Got so it. that's your factor. Oh, those are... That, that's going to be household... Factors. I'm too. saying, I'm going to keep four percent rule. We're going to have big keep, house inflation. Keep, keep factors. repeating it. Sixteen, thirty-four, eighty-one, <laughs> five, it. ten, twenty. Got anyway, it. so here's my example. You mm-hmm. you figured out that your net pays seventy-five thousand dollars, and that's about what you're spending. Okay. All right. So uh, okay. So you're going to want to retire five years from now. Yes. So you take seventy-five times one point one six. So you take that sixteen percent, which is 0.16 for you mathematicians, and you add it to one. Got it. And so you just take 75 times 1.16. If it's 10 years, you take 75 times 1.34 it has and be so on. There. Yep, yep. So let's do the 1.16. But a lot of people need refreshment of mathematics. <laughs> all, no, all they're getting now is just numbers. Right. So <laughs> anyway, so in other words, five years from now, you're going to be spending $87,000 to have the same lifestyle at a 3% inflation rate. Got it. Okay. Can we call it 90? Yeah, we'll call it 90. All right. Okay. Just round. Yeah, we'll round it up. So $75,000 today, if you want to retire in five years, assume a 3% inflation rate, you need $90,000. Yeah, that's right. All right. Now, then figure out your... So if you need that, then you look at your Social Security. Okay. Right? Figure out what that is. And so let's just say your Social Security and pension plan is $50,000, for example. So you you need 90. Your fixed income is going to be fifty. So your shortfall, what we call a shortfall, is forty thousand dollars. Forty grand. And here's the thing that we don't often talk about is the the inflation factor. So that's why I wanted to throw that in because if you retire just a few years from now, it can be fairly different numbers depending upon inflation. Sure. But using that figure, if you need forty thousand dollars, then you take that times twenty five. That's another factor I want you to memorize, mm-hmm. and that would tell you forty thousand times twenty five is a million bucks, right? That's how much you would need. And then sometimes people say, well, forget about it. It's, it's impossible. <laughs> I'm never going to retire, or this is hopeless, or, or whatever. But the truth is, uh, and I just did a little example of somebody that, in my example, I didn't round. I had 87,000 minus 50. So, in other words, the shortfall was 37,000 times 25. That's $925,000 is what you need. If you got 600,000 today, I know that's a lot, but let's just say you did. You need to save twenty-two thousand dollars a year at six percent. You get to nine twenty-five. Interestingly enough, if you have six hundred ninety-one thousand, call it seven hundred thousand right now. <laughs> okay. I know you like to round. <laughs> then you don't need to save a penny. You just, if you can earn six percent per year, you get to that nine twenty-five. And a lot of times, people are ten or twenty years out, and and they see they need a million bucks, and they only got two hundred fifty thousand. Right. But the power of compounding money, like like. 
just the, the rule of 72 means you take 72 and divide it by a number of years, and that's the rate of return that you need to, to double. And the one people, the easiest one is 7%, which is roughly 10 years. In 10 years, your investment doubles. So $250,000 becomes 500000 500000 becomes a million. That's without saving another dollar at 7% over 20 years. So that's how this can work. So don't get too frustrated if you're way off the mark. It depends upon how much longer you have to work and, and how, how this can work. 7%, do you think that's reasonable, 20 years? I think it's reasonable if you have probably a 60, 40, maybe 70, 30% allocation, a little bit more aggressive, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, however, we're, the market, the CAPE ratio is pretty high. So Ooh, some, pe some people would say maybe we're not going to have as high a return. And nobody knows is the thing. It, it's, we do know that stocks outperform like CDs and bonds over the long term. But we also know that when stocks are high, the future expected return is lower than if the stocks are low, <laughs> then the future expected return is higher. So it's hard to know exactly. I think I, I typically use a 6% in something like this. I think that's more conservative. Some of you might want to use a 5%, and that's, that's fine. But anyway, this step, you, if you'll take this, this step, and if, if you, um, I'll tell you what. If, if it was just too much, I'm going to write this down. We're going to put it in our show notes, and so you'll have the example. You wow. can follow it on, our, on our podcast. Okay. Uh, anything else before we got to go? No, that's all I had to say on that's that That's all. The I, I want our... <laughs> like Forrest Gump there. I want <laughs> our, our listeners to do this calculation so they can assess how they're doing. And, and in a lot of cases, Joe... People are not going to be there. And, and so later on in the show, I'm going to talk about what to do if you're behind. All right. And I, I'm sure a lot of us are behind, so we're going to figure out what we need to I, do. I think a lot of us are behind. All right. right. Have you already forgotten what 1634 is? Luckily, the Your Money, Your Wealth Quick Retirement Calculation Guide is indeed in the show notes for this episode at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Run your own numbers in it and see if you're on track for retirement. If not, as promised, Big Al's got some ideas for that, too. Because it's time now for Big Al's List. Every week, Big Al Clopine scours the media to find the best tips, do's and don'ts, mistakes, myths, and advice to improve your overall financial picture. In handy bullet point format. This week, three ways to recover from a late start on retirement planning. This is from our friend Walter Updegrave. Oh, yeah. Who we've had on this show before. Yeah, I do remember Walter. Didn't he scold us? Yes. And, I've, and then I've, you, I I've think already... you said a, a disparaging remark. I, and I, I didn't know we were on the air. I think he heard it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that, that, I think, and he hasn't come back on the yes, show. Yes, that is the Walter Updegrave that we were talking about, maybe. I still like him. Yeah, very nice person. Yeah, yeah. Good, uh, good smart guy. Yes. So, but, um, yeah, he couldn't figure out our. Um, little video conferencing yeah when he, we were trying to get him on the air right he got a little frustrated he, he was very because frustrated it was it was a, it was a audio interview but it also was skype so yes. we were trying to see him while yeah, we talked well, because we love to look at people <laughs> when we talk to <laughs> them too <laughs> i mean i guess it's you, you, you there's something to body language right i guess so yeah yes. of course our listeners have they don't know what we look like yeah. but that's too bad that's fine <laughs> that's the way it goes but three ways to recover from a late start on retirement planning, and I would say these are these are good. It's not they're not exactly earth shattering, but, okay. but it's important to know because I think a lot of people are behind. So his first point is start saving your you know what off butt off butt off. Start saving your butt off. 
There you go. Right? So save as much as you can. Right? And he goes through some examples. Let's say you're in your 50s, uh, early 50s, and you can save $500 a month. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, you earn a 6% rate of return. So that's a reasonable rate of return, as we were talking about last segment, to, mm-hmm. to calculate. Then uh, in 15 years, you'll have 145000 What's that going to buy you? Well, if we use a 4% uh, distribution rate, 4% of 145 is almost $6,000 of income per year. Per year. So not a lot, but better than nothing. You add that to your Social Security. Sure. Okay. But what if you're married? What if you could both save $500 a month? Okay. Now we're going to double that. Right. So now we're about 290000 So now we're... Now we're close to almost $12,000. So this is at what age, 50? 50, and working 15 more years. 65? Yeah, 65, or maybe you're 55, you work till 70. Yeah. Right? Something like that. Okay. But, you know, if you, and this is completely scalable. What if you could save 1000 bucks a month and then it's 290 each, right? How about if we save like 10000 a month? Well, let's, let's get realistic. <laughs> maybe you could. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's why I hate these things. You know what I mean? It's like, well, all you got to do is save more. Yeah, I, I know. If I, I, there's some yeah. people that we know that should be saving a lot more right. because they make a lot more money. But sometimes, but peop- if you're just the average Joe, it's like, okay, well, here I'm trying to save as much as I possibly can. Yeah, but I got bills. Yeah. On the other hand, you've got a car that's perfectly fine that you have paid off, or you could go out and buy a new car and have a thousand dollar monthly payment. Sure. Forget it. That you need to save. You right. save that thousand bucks. Yeah. Over fifteen years, that's three hundred thousand. If you and your spouse can do it, it's six hundred thousand. Right. It's a ton. It's a ton. And, and <laughs> what if uh, there was some way? I'm not saying this is easy, but a four hundred one k, you can put twenty four thousand five hundred. That's about two thousand per month. Mm-hmm. Right. So if it's two thousand per month, now you're saving about one point two million. And if there's two of you, that's two point four in fifteen years, starting at zero. So I'm not saying these are easy, but these are these are. Here, here to motivate you on the power of saving. That's the whole point. Got it. I'm okay. motivated. Yeah, that's number one. You know what I really enjoyed was that individual. What was that guy's name that was like, you know what I did? And he retired at like, I don't know, 25 years old with millions. And right. he only made 20000 his whole life. Yeah. The math doesn't really work. But he was, what, he saved 1% more per month. Yeah, every single month. Right, right. Now that's something that I can shoot for. Yeah, because you start talking about these numbers of five hundred, a thousand, fifteen hundred, yeah. and I think sometimes people just gloss over that. They're like, you know what? There's no way I can afford it. I'm already saving as much as I can. I got to put kids through school. I got a mortgage. I got to, you know. So there's a lot of things that are, you know, that stresses people out. Right. But it, versus if I said five hundred dollars a month, you know, and get that thing to a thousand dollars a month. Versus saying save one percent extra per month of your income, right? I, I think that one percent is a little bit more. All right, well, hey, that, that motivates me. Yeah, you can adjust, and then you can adjust a little more, and then a little bit more. Yeah, and because I, I agree with that, right? And then b- before you know it, you're saving ten, twenty percent of your income, right? And that's now pretty he, cool. Now he got up to eighty-five percent, as I recall. Yeah, and so that's why he had lots of money. Sure. And I think he was thirty-five, not twenty-five, but still, it shows the power of what you can do saving. And of course, if you're going to save that much, you're going to have to learn to live pretty frugal, which then allows you to retire early because you're used to living frugal. Yeah. If you're only spending fifteen thousand bucks a year. Yeah. Right. Well. Okay. Well. That's pretty good. Yeah, but right? you know, you, you walk to work. <laughs> it's pretty hard. I and, don't know. Uh, it's pretty hard to do that, but I guess you and, know, some uh, people can. You can eat on rice and beans. Yeah, and a little bit of lettuce now and again. Yeah, people say that all oh, we're on rice and beans, and they make you know <laughs> t- t- hundreds of thousands. Right. Okay. Sec- right. Second tip. Ready for that? Yes, I am. Stay in the job longer. 
Stay in a job longer. Yes, work so, longer. So you're gonna you save more work late. Planning on retiring at 62, you you work till 66 instead, or retire plan on retiring at 65, work till 68, whatever it may be. Sometimes just a few months make a big difference, Joe. And and I've got uh, rel- this is a different uh, article, but but on topic. It says the single most important retirement strategy. Work as long as you can. Uh, it is, and it, it, it asks this question, saving an additional 1% of your salary for 30 years, is that better? Or Work, what, three po- or four months post- or something? Postponing your retirement by three or four months. Yeah. And it turns out the answer is it's the same. Right. Now, of course, it, it depends upon your assumptions. It can be more or less. But three or four months, uh, in one case, if you're making a huge return, maybe it's more like six months. But still, working three to four to six months extra is the same as saving 1% you know, of your pay for 30 years in a row, even with the compounding of money. Right. And the reason why that happens, as the authors in this article and actually the study mention, is, well, one, you're postponing your Social Security benefits. So every month you postpone your Social Security benefits, it it's, gets it's higher and higher. And if, if you look at a year's time, you're getting between 7 and 8% for waiting. In other words, if, if it's $1,000 a month, next, if you wait a year, it's going to be 1070 or maybe 1080 depending upon what age you are. Sure. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot more figures or levers, I guess, that you could pull to really make a successful retirement, right? You take a look, and I think what you're saying is, or what you've said, or what Up to Grave is saying. Um, save more. Save more, right? Yep. So you, you, you can save more money. You can spend less. Well, if I'm spending less, hopefully I can I save can more. I can save more. That's usually how you save right. more. And then I, well, <clears throat> we had the retirement answer man on. Right. He's like, all right, well, you can work longer, spend more, save less. And he goes, well, all three of those kind of suck. Right? Yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> or you can get a higher rate of return yeah. right, on your money. Right. And so there's an, multiple things that you can look at. Yeah. And But I think it's no one really wants to spend less. Right. No one really not wants your, not to your, say not your more. preference. Not right. your preference, right? Yes. And it's like, well, do I really want to work longer? But how about if I just save a little bit more, right? And spend a little bit less, yes, and get a little bit higher rate of return, and walk, work a little bit a longer. Li- you know what I mean? So that, it's just a little time. Exactly. It's like how do you eat an elephant? Right. It's right. like one bite at a time. That's right. It's, so it's daunting when you when you look at it. Yeah. But I think for most people, if you just take small little. Corrections. Yes, I, um, I agree with that. Right, it it has a long lasting effect. Of you know what what if you work, what um, what what the, the equivalent of saving one percent additional per year? Yeah, one percent is only four months of uh, of, extra of, in, working. Of, of extra working. Yeah, and it's and, but you know what I find that kind of if if I think about some other studies that I've seen. Yeah, you know when you they, they talk about like high mutual fund fees. Right, so if you had a one percent higher fee, it's like millions of dollars. Right. Well, how much is this person making? <laughs> I would like to see the. Well, the make, I would make, like to see the numbers in that. Well, study. I think this was like an average person making fifty grand. Yeah. However, a couple more things I want to say why this works. Besides the fact that your social security will be higher, you're saving into your four hundred one k longer. Obviously, you're saving more, and then your retirement portfolio will grow longer. Sure. Right, and so you're and. And then the final thing is is you've got less lifespan, although that's debatable because li- in a lot of cases people say you work longer, you're going to live longer. Right, exactly. 
um, did done that study just recently. Right. It was like, all right, well, the people that retired early died earlier. Right. People that worked longer lived longer. Yeah. Three ways to recover from a late start on retirement planning. Article by Walter Updegrave. What does he call a late start? What is his definition well, of a late start? He's answering a question from a from a uh, reader or listener. Uh, which here's the question: I haven't made the best decisions when it comes to retirement planning. As a result, my wife and I are in our early 50s and have next to nothing saved for retirement. Do we have any hope of a secure retirement? So that's, this is the question he's answering. Got it. And number three is be flexible and resourceful. And, and let me give you some ideas. Like the uh, little side, side hustle? That's, that's be number one, side hustle, right? In other words, you have a little side job. Side jobs are more and more common these days, I would say, uh, with our new economy. And so a lot of folks are realizing that they've got some skills where they can, and they got a little extra time outside of normal work hours where they can make some extra money. And in a lot of cases, if you can sort of take that extra money, because you're kind of used to living on your regular job and save it all or save most of it, maybe you don't want to save it all because that feels like you're working for no current benefit, right. but you save half of it or save three quarters of it or whatever it may be, then that can be a way to go. Um, another possibility is if you're a homeowner uh, and you are over 62, you could look into a reverse mortgage. That, that's a way to, with a reverse mortgage, I mean, the, the most loan you could probably get is close to 300000 So it's not like it's millions you can get from it. But if your loan is less than that, you could pay off an existing loan with a reverse mortgage and still get a cash flow from the remaining equity up to that level. And that level depending upon the kind of home equity, uh, kind of reverse mortgage loan you get, can actually increase over time. So that's a way to go. You can downsize. I mean, a lot of people know that. They can take their high equity. We live in Southern California. A lot of people have a lot of their wealth in their home. Mm -hmm. they, can, they can sell their family home and move into a condo. Now, in San Diego, if you want to live in a condo on the beach, you're, you're probably spending the same or more <laughs> than the home that you sold. So just be aware of that. But that's something you can do. Another thing is sometimes people think about, well, maybe it's time to retire to a lower cost area. San Diego, for example, is a very high cost area. We have a cl relatively close neighbor in Phoenix that is much lower cost. Now, you got to be able to bear the heat in the summer and that kind of thing. Or but, you could even move to, like, Hammett, too. Yeah, that's all, that's like Phoenix in terms of the summer. <laughs> it's pretty hot. <laughs> Temecula. <laughs> yeah, true. But at any rate, there are there are other low-cost areas. So, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of just kind of thinking that what your options are, right? And, and I think you said it well. It's not so much that you do all or nothing. On, it, it's like you, you might think about all of these things. You might try to save a little bit more. You might want to make sure your investments are engineered to, for your goals instead of maybe you're not earning enough return or maybe you're, you're taking too much risk to make this work out. Maybe you work a little bit longer. Maybe you get kind of a side hustle, so you got some money to save there. Maybe you think about... Um, uh, downsizing your home or relocating, if, if that's something that you you know that that is, is maybe your your kids have moved to another location right. that's cheaper that and you want to be near the grandkids. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. There's actually not really one answer that fits anybody. It's it's usually a combination. It's pretty hard for someone who's saving zero to all of a sudden save two thousand dollars in their first month. It's impossible. There's no way. That's <laughs> pretty hard. No, I, I mean that's why I hate these articles sometimes. <laughs> It's like, all right, here I'm 58 years old. You know, I don't have any savings. Help. Yeah. 
You're 58. <laughs> no, right? It's like if you haven't saved in the past, how can all of a sudden you switch the? It it it, it has to be either there's not enough income. Right. Right. May and they're making minimum wage. Yeah. Well, and and to to make a change like that on a dime, something would have to scare the heck out of you. Right. Right. So now, like, let's think about a health thing. You have a heart attack. All of a sudden, you get religious about eating properly. Sure. But you're 55, and retirement's 10 years from now. There, what's the event that's going to say, "All right, <laughs> I'm going to completely change my life around"? It, just, it doesn't happen. Right. I mean, and then that's that's the problem, though. Right. It is the problem because you have to have a heart attack to, for you to stop going to McDonald's. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's all right. Well, here I, you know, I tell myself every New Year's resolution. That's I'm right. Gonna, you know, I'm going to stop smoking, stop drinking so much. I'm going to get a better diet. I'm going to lose fifty pounds. I'm going right. to, you know, start saving some money. Everything else. Right. Guess what? Next year, nothing. Right. Next year. And then finally you have that heart attack and it's like, oh man, I knew I should have done something, I, yeah. but I didn't. And then you do it because you have to. You have to at that There's point. There's no choice. <laughs> it's like, well, if you want to stick so, around. And when it comes to retirement. But even there, I, I've seen people. Oh, sure. My cousin. Yeah. Is like, oh, oh my gosh. Very obese. Yeah. You know, probably drinks too much. Yes. Um, works in, um, like sells pull tabs. At like this dive bar and eats like fried cheese, <laughs> smokes cigarettes, meal, right? you know, Saratoga cigarettes, and you know, pounds Bud Lights all day, right? That could, and then that, as that could have been your life, <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> then she has a heart attack, right? And then you're like, hey, you know, you got to use up on the diet. You probably shouldn't be smoking. And I, okay, yeah, that sounds good. You know, what, five days later, yeah, back on. All it. right, you know, took yeah. five days off, right. so that added another. You know, five minutes to our life. So. Yeah, that is true. So that, that and and I think I think a lot of people, since we're on the topic, I think a lot of people place, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, a little too much reliance on some of these heart pills and high blood pressure pills and cholesterol pills. When actually, if you just cleaned up your life, you ate the right food and exercised, it would actually be better than. But people people think you know what? We got all these pills. I don't need to change anything. I'll just take them. That's awesome. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm not going to change anything. I'm just going to take the magic pill. Yeah. Or, you know, you, there's, there's something that's sold out there that you can just put some salt yeah, on well, your Big Mac. Yeah. That, that, well, they, I think that was bad because we haven't seen that in a while. But I do remember that. Right. It's like well, this, <laughs> this guy got up there. I mean, he was just one of these pitchmen. He goes, can you believe this? You sprinkle this on your cheeseburger and it's healthy. <laughs> Yes. You want to lose weight? All you have to do is use our I, magic dust. I, I had six cheeseburgers yesterday, <laughs> and I'm fine. I lost two pounds yesterday. Yes. Remember that? They yeah, would yeah. play those commercials Over during and our show. Right, right. And then so at the break, we would hear these commercials, and we would come back from break and be like, like, are you kidding right? me? Right. <laughs> so they Oh, my God. Yeah, I wish we had that magic dust for our portfolios. <laughs> All you have to do is save $5, throw some dust on it, it turns to a million. Is that anything like Santa Claus and his magic dust? <laughs> By the way, the guy who Joe and Al mentioned that suggested saving an extra 1% per month was Millennial Money founder Grant Sabatier. 
whose name I mangled in that episode, but he side-hustled his way to a million bucks in just five years. I've included a link to Grant's very funny interview in the show notes for this episode. Grant has a new book coming out in just a couple of months and will be back on Your Money, Your Wealth when it comes out. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it. Now it's time to dip into the email bag with financial questions courtesy of Advisor Insights from Investopedia and you, the Your Money, Your Wealth listeners. Joe and Big Al are always willing to answer your email questions. Just send them to info at purefinancial.com. This is from Susan. She goes, hi, my husband is 62 years old, and this year he did a Roth conversion. In one of your seminars, you had mentioned that there is a five-year clock on Roth conversions for distributions. Is this true if one is over 59 and a half, or is it just if you're under 59 and a half? So there is a difference. Sure. Uh, I mean, there's two five-year clocks. There, that's there that's is. where it gets a little bit confusing. Yeah. And, and then there's a variation on one of the clocks if you're over 59 and a half and under 59 and a half. I'll, I'll start with the easy one. All right. Go for it. Okay, you like to do the complicated one. Sure. Which, which is simply this. If you're over 59 and a half and you do a Roth conversion, you have access to those funds immediately. Okay. Right? You don't have to wait five years at that point. If you're under 59 and a half you do have to wait five years to get the, those conversion dollars. So there's multiple of variations here. There is. So let's do it real simply first. <laughs> because I think when people hear of a five-year clock, all the five-year clock means is that they want you to season the money in the Roth IRA for five years before you start taking money out of it. Right. And so and that- the purpose behind it is that, all right, well, if I do a Roth IRA contribution, Okay, let's start with contributions. Okay, that's that's a good way to start. So you put $5,000 in a Roth IRA as a contribution. You can always have access to the money that you put in as the 5000 bucks because it's FIFO tax treatment. First in, first out. So if I'm 40 years old, I put it in, I can take it out the next year, no harm, no fall. Now, you, you cannot take out the growth. Correct. Income that's growth. you got to wait um, actually five years five or, or 59. 59 and a half. Yeah. Right, whichever is longer. Yes. So that's where it gets a little bit confusing because you always have access to the principal, but anything that that principal grows to, you have to wait until 59 and a half or five years, whichever is longer. So so let me, so let, let's say I put $5,000 in a Roth. I start that at 25 okay. and I do it for five years, right? So I got 25 grand in by 30 and I need that money. I need 25 grand for a down payment on a home. Mm-hmm. I could pull that out, even though I'm not 59 and a half. Correct, because yeah. that is the principal amount that you put in. Now the 5,000 grew to 30,000. That extra 5,000 growth, I've got to wait till I'm 59 and a half to get that. Because it is a retirement account. Correct. So you have to wait 59 and a half to get the money out tax free. So how about this? Then let's say you're 65, Al. Right. Right. You put five thousand dollars in; it grows to six thousand. Right. Well, you're over fifty nine and a half. You would think, hey, I have full access to these dollars. Yeah. The answer is no. You only have access to the contribution, unless you established a Roth IRA more than five years ago. Right. So when you're when you're over fifty nine and a half, you can get at your growth as long as you have a five year clock from your first Roth. Uh, yeah, so if you don't have a Roth IRA, never established one ever before, and you are 60 years old, 65, 70, I don't care how old you are, you're over 59 and a half, it doesn't matter. You have no access to the growth until five years happens after the first dollar that hits your first Roth IRA. Yeah, so in other words, go ahead and do a small contribution or do a small Roth conversion, even if you're in a high tax bracket, to start your five-year clock. You got it. Now, where it gets confusing is that, all right, well, maybe I established a Roth 
15 years ago. I put $100 in. I don't even know where that account is. Now I establish another one. All right, well, still, you, you put a contribution in, 10, 15. It doesn't matter. You don't have to have ongoing contributions. You, you established a Roth IRA 10 years ago at Vanguard. You open up another Roth IRA at Merrill Lynch. It doesn't matter. The IRS doesn't care about custodians. It doesn't care about anything like that. They just want to know is it in a shell of a Roth IRA. Right. So that's the five-year clock on contributions. Hopefully that was clear. Yeah, and that's the easier one. I know. <laughs> now you got conversions. The conversion five-year clock works like this, is that, all right, well, if I'm under 59 and a half, I'll start with that one. Okay. Because each conversion now will have its own five-year clock if you're under 59 and a half. That is not true with contributions. Contributions, you put money in, as long as you establish that one, each additional contribution doesn't have its own five-year clock. Conversions do. It, right. It, so it's like, well, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so, so, so wait a minute. So I did a conversion uh, at, at 25, 26, 27, 28. So I did five conversions for $25,000. Yes. So I can pull the first one out in five years. Yes. Five grand. But I got to wait another, another year, year for the, the other next one, one yes, and then yes, two yes, years yes. for the next one, two years for the next one. And here's the reason for that is that if you're under 59 and a half and you do a Roth IRA conversion, you are paying taxes on that dollar. So I convert $10,000 into a Roth. I pay taxes on the $10,000. Now the money is sitting in a Roth IRA. Here's what happened before is that people then would take a distribution from the Roth IRA as a conversion amount. And it was ta- there was no 10% penalty. Yeah, they avoided the penalty. They avoided they? the penalty by doing a conversion and then taking a distribution the next day. So the IRS said, oh, wait a minute. Let's, let's, get, let's make you wait five years before you can actually get this money. So you have to wait five years with each conversion dollar. Now, if you're over 59 and a half, okay, and if you've never established a Roth IRA, you convert the money. All right, well, you have access to the conversion dollar. Correct. But you still have to wait five years to get any of the growth. Right. 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 So it's five years, 59 and a half for contributions, and it's on the first dollar that hits the first Roth IRA. Now, conversions, each conversion have its own five-year clock until you turn age 59 and a half. And then from there, then you look at the first dollar that hits the first Roth to see if it's seasoned um, enough. If yeah. you're doing a conversion and you're taking the money out the next year or three years or four years, don't do it anyway. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, the reason and- why those laws are in place is because people take advantage of the law, right? It loopholes. Oh, here, I can avoid a 10% tax penalty. I'm broke. I'm going to do a conversion. Then I'm going to take the money out. I already paid the tax. I'm fine paying the tax, but I don't want to pay that additional 10% penalty of the feds. And then another what? Three or four to yeah. the state of California? Two and a half. Two and a half, whatever. Yep. You know, I'm yeah. rounding California. Yeah. They're a little greedy. <laughs> I know. You, you like to round. <laughs> so I, here's, 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 I'm going to boil this down in a real simple manner. Sure. Okay? And, uh, and I'm basically only talking to those that are over 59 and a half, because this is a retirement account, by the way. So, yeah, so, way, so that's what that's this is point. supposed to be used for. So you're over 59 and a half. If you have had a Roth IRA for at least five years and you're over 59 and a half, all dollars are available for you to pull out without penalty. Very good. Yeah. All right. And that's, I think that's the most important thing. Establish your first Roth to get the five-year clock going. Then when you're over 59 and a half, you can pull anything out. Contributions, conversions, growth, interest, whatever. The purpose of a Roth IRA is what, Alan? It's a retirement account you use for retirement, uh, and it's tax-free. So it, it, it's used to create tax-free income in the future. Correct. Right? If used properly, it's a very powerful tool. It is. 
But if you're just looking to put money in and take money out, put money in, don't waste your time. Right. It doesn't make any sense. But life happens. That's why we have to have these conversations. Well, don't pull it from nowhere else. <laughs> if that's pull it from anywhere else. Your credit cards? I don't care. Do that. <laughs> Steal it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Better than the Roth IRA, pulling for the Roth. Well, whatever. Because, it's, it, you know, people blow out of these Roths, and they don't really understand the true consequence of it. Right. Like, for instance, I met a, a very intelligent individual. Yeah. Um, he's done very well for himself. And... Um, he moved to San Diego, uh, where we're taping this, because he's like, "Hey, this is a really nice place," and you know, I, I w- I'm finally able to afford to live in San Diego. Right. And he had a bunch of money outside a retirement account, has a bunch of money in retirement account, and then he had maybe, you know, I would say 10 percent of his liquid net worth was in Roths. Okay, very good. And so what he did is bought this condo in San Diego for maybe half a million bucks. So he had four hundred thousand dollars of cash. He had other investments that were outside a retirement account, so he, he put four hundred thousand. He wanted to pay all cash, and he took another hundred thousand from the Roth to buy the home. Right. And I'm like, you know how hard it is <laughs> to accumulate a hundred thousand dollars into a Roth, yes. and then what? Why? And you're just blowing it out. And he's only sixty. And I was like, how about if that hundred thousand dollars over the next 10, 15 years compounded tax free? That's two hundred thousand, two fifty. That you could really start doing some cool planning. Right. Um, so be careful if you have Roth IRAs. Understand what you're doing before you start taking large distributions, because you can only put fifty five hundred dollars into them per year. Sixty five if you're over fifty. You have to qualify to put money in as a contribution given income limitations, right? So if you make too much money, potentially you can't even make a contribution. Correct. If you do a conversion, you have to pay tax to get it in there. So you want time to have this thing blossom for you. It's like you, you know, you plant an apple tree, and the next year you're looking for chop apple, it down. you know, and then uh, you chop it down. Doesn't doesn't bear fruit. <laughs> this thing I'm not, sucks. Not watering this thing. <laughs> right. All right. So uh, there's our Roth convers contribution conversion Converge. chat for yeah. the for the week. So don't cut off your tax-free apples to spite your retirement tree, I guess is the lesson there. You can get answers directly from Joe and Big Al, just like Susan did. Just email your money questions to info at purefinancial.com. Susan mentioned she heard about the Roth five-year clock at one of our live classes. If you're in Southern California, you can attend too. Visit the Learning Center at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to see dates, times, and locations for our free lunch and learn events or our retirement classes in San Diego, Orange County, or Los Angeles. Learn financial strategies for turbulent times so you can make informed decisions in retirement. Sign up for a free lunch and learn or a two-day retirement class in the Learning Center at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Now, how about some answers to some more financial questions? I love answering these questions. Yes, I know you Because do. we could talk about what are the five ways to boost your retirement. I got three painless ways to retire richer. You know what? I would much rather go to sleep. <laughs> Because I think these are practical. Yeah, they are. When people listen, Actually, they're like, you know what? A, a, hey, a lot of yes. people tell us they like the questions. They like it when we give examples, when it's real life stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. All right. Here's one. Okay. Now, the company that I work for, they offer a 403B, 457, and 401A retirement plans. Which one is the best plan, or is it wise to open all three accounts? I have a 401k plan with a different company that I worked for and contributed 6% of my salary to this plan. I also have a Roth IRA, and I make the maximum contributions every year. 
Alrighty. Let me see here. Um, and okay, I have an emergency fund about one hundred forty thousand dollars in Vanguard's mutual fund managed by a financial advisor. Good. Okay. Okay. So this is again one of those questions um, is where they get a little bit confused when it comes to IRA four hundred one k. You know what does an IRA pay? Or what's the difference? But with this, there's a little bit of a twist. Yeah. Because 403Bs in 457s and 401A plans all have a unique twist to them. Okay. Let's hear about it. Do you know what the twist is? I'll quiz you. Uh, not entirely. I'm going to be educated by you. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me about a Roth. I'll Andy, tell you do you know? I have no idea. Our producer has no idea either. So this is going to be a learning. <laughs> it's going to be a totally Everyone's going to have some I, learning. Uh, um Time right now. I, I think I think a 403b has numerous investments. I think the 457 it's annuities. I I'm not sure what a 401 is. <laughs> oh my god, that be, was awful. Could be that totally, was could, not even close. Could be totally off. <laughs> totally off. All right. So 403b 457 um, and a 401a plan. I am guessing this individual works for a hospital. Okay. Uh, first of all. Okay. Why do you say that? Because um, there's a f- 403b plans um, are offered by nonprofits, usually universities or Higher education, right, or hospitals, okay, okay. Uh, four fifty-seven. If it was just four three B four fifty-seven plan, I would probably lean more towards education, universities, okay. or um, high school. Yeah, K-12. we have we have we have seen that with professors. And but four hundred one A plans, that's a little bit different. That's a little bit unique uh, type of plan there, and it really depends on how the plan document is set up. But let me just tell the difference between all three. Four hundred three B plans is almost identical to a four hundred one K plan. Uh, for all purposes of this radio show, okay? Uh, you can pre-tax dollars. You can go Roth dollars. 18.5 is the contribution limits. 24.5 if you're over 50. Multiple investment opportunities there, you know. Depending um, upon what the plan administrators pick. Depending on, you know, big hospitals, it's you're going to look at, you know, the big boys like Fidelity and things like that. Right. If it was a school district, let's say this individual was a um, – elementary school teacher, uh, the likelihood of it being a larger plan is probably lower because what happened back in the day is that a lot of these insurance companies went into schools and said, hey, well, we can set up this 403B plan for you. They called them TSAs, which was a tax-sheltered annuity, and I think that's why you um, yeah. Look at hey, four hundred three Bs are annuities, not necessarily. not necessarily very small component of four hundred three Bs today that I see that are actually annuities, uh, because I think more people are getting a little bit more educated. Okay. So that, that's a good way to say it. So four hundred three B is pretty similar to a four hundred one K. It's just a in, nonprofit. In, it's just your organization. It's on, the nonprofit's version of a four hundred one K. Absolutely. And, and usually there's several investments that you can pick from. Yes, you know, low cost options, index funds, whatever. Okay. Um, there's probably some high cost options and so on. Four fifty seven plan uh, is a deferred comp plan. All right. So 457B. Uh, 457B is a deferred compensation plan. And what's cool about 457 plans is that, let's say if I had the opportunity um, to have a 403B and a 457 plan, you could contribute both. So the contribution limits are the same. $18,500 plus another, you know, uh, up to... $24,500, so another $6,000 is the catch-up. Yeah, if you're over 50. If you're over 50. So... So, if, so, if I'm over 50 and I had both of these plans available, I could shelter roughly $50,000 pre-tax a year. 
And so that's unusual because most companies, you can't really do that with other kind of plans. Exactly. I mean, if I work for, well, we have a 401k plan here at Pure Financial Advisors. Right. Right. Um, Al, you can put in 24500 Because I'm over 50. I can only put in 18500 Yes, that's true. And same with Andy here because we are young, attractive people. Yes. And I'm and I'm the wise one. <laughs> yes, you but are. But I don't know the wise. answer to this question. <laughs> so deferred comp. So so. But so here's the cool thing what? about 457 plans: there is no 10 um, percent penalty. Okay. Right. So sometimes people will have a 457 plan, and let's say they retire a little bit earlier, that you have access to those dollars. You pay tax on it. It's a pre-tax plan. Right. It grows 100 percent tax deferred, but there's no 10 percent penalty on the way what, out. What kind of investments are in same, a 457? Same, same, same. So you pick. Yes. Let's say um, you're going to pick your own own investments for the most part, right? This is okay. generalities, right? So it, it's all plan specific, of course, and that's a caveat. But if I'm looking at a 403B and a 457 plan. In most cases, you're going to see mutual funds type type accounts, lower cost, higher cost. It's all the full gamut. So let me ask you this: Is, yeah. is there a reason you would pick one over the other if you wanted to just do one? Four fifty seven, you have more flexibility to get the money out without a ten percent penalty if you're sure. under fifty nine and a half. Right. Both right? Have, both have the same ERISA protection. Correct, and it depends. Now, four hundred three B plans could have a match. Four fifty seven plans may not have the match, so you want to look there. So look at the match. Obviously, that's an important one. But then here's the here's the kicker of them all with the 401A plan, right? A 401A plan is usually established through a hospital or something like that, nonprofit, and they'll do a match. It's a 6%, but you have to elect your um, contribution election like r- right when you get hired. Oh, okay. Right? It's, sometimes it's after tax. Right, so your contributions could be an after-tax contribution because if they have a 403b 457 plan, right, those both could be pre-tax. So the 401a, I've seen after-tax 401a plans. So the company's matching six percent, four percent, but I have to elect at certain time frames. With a 401k, you can go or 403b in this instance, you could say, well, I want to put. Ten percent of my salary this paycheck and zero next paycheck. Right, right. You have a lot more flexibility. Four hundred one eight. You don't. Is it that? Can you change it each year, or, or you're locked in? It depends on the plan doc. In most cases, you have to elect, and then you're stuck you're, with that election. You're, you're done, huh? Yes. Interesting. And if it's an after-tax contribution, the cool thing with those is that you could take those after-tax contributions and convert those into Roth IRAs each year. Right. Because if it's after tax, it goes into the plan. Let's say you put your 6%, you make, I don't know, $100,000, $6,000 to make it easy. Well, I put the money in, get the, right? And I could potentially roll those dollars out each year. Each year. Depends upon the plan. Depends on the plan. And then put those contributions into my Roth IRA. Got it. Um, so with this situation, um, I don't know how old or what the, the, the plan or what her overall plan is, but. You want to look at the flexibility of the plan. You probably, of course, want to take a look at the investments. But I would imagine if they have a 403B, 457, and 401A, I mean, the sponsor's probably Fidelity. Right. You know, so you're going can, to have the same options. Can you do all three if yeah, they're available? Absolutely. So, so someone that's over 20, over 50. Mm-hmm. So 24.5, 24.5. So that's 49,000. And then same limits for the 401? No, no, no. 401A is going to be a different in its plan specific. Okay. Uh, but usually I just see. Anywhere from you know four to six percent, um, but some other plans could um, have something a little bit more. I don't know the IRS regs off the top of my head uh, in regards to four hundred one a plans. Yeah, right. I'm just going off we of, don't, we of, don't of experience. Them. Don't of, see them that often. Yeah, th- yeah, very rare. 
Um, unless you just specialize, I guess, in hospitals, you would probably right. see them every day. Right, right. And so I'm sure someone's listening to me that specializes in those plans and call me a total, <laughs> you know. Well, they're, they're thinking you're smarter than me because of my answer. And they're all smarter than me, but being on this show, I learn every day. If you'd like more free financial education, we've got a learning center crammed full of educational videos, white papers, webinars, and more. Check it all out at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. And get ready for season five of the Your Money, Your Wealth TV show, coming to KFMB TV in San Diego and to our website at the end of August. Check it out and see just how young and attractive Joe really is. Now, y'all have been able to get your questions answered. Now it's my turn. Hey, we got a live question. We do. In studio <laughs> In question. In studio question. Our, our producer, Andy. What say you, Andy? So I hear you guys talk about Roth conversions all the time, okay. every single day of Isn't my it, life. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. Okay. And you, and you still work here? And I still work here. And I have a 401k here. Okay. Yes. And okay. I'm wondering about doing Roth conversions from an existing active 401k. Yes, the answer is yes if the plan allows. And so the rule changed. Does now, our plan allow? Let me. Yeah, I gotta, <laughs> Does I, our plan allow? We have to. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta stretch this thing out here. Right? Yeah. I can't just say yes <laughs> and then move on. <laughs> then move on. So, Alan, what what was the tax uh, law change that was in twenty twelve? Yeah, uh, if I had to guess, somewhere in there around twenty twelve is is where the. Um, the Roth, I think it was before that, where the Roth option was available or supposed to be available for 401k plans. No, no, plans. no, that was 06. That's the Pension Protection Act of 06. What are you thinking of? The, the, well, they, they changed the law because um, TIPRA was signed in 2005 that allowed Roth conversion starting in 2010 for anyone. Prior to 2010, you had to have an adjusted gross income of under $100,000 to do a Roth conversion. Correct. So then after 2010, the floodgates opened. They're like, all right, well, here, do a bunch of Roth IRA conversions. So people were doing conversions. But then it goes full circle to Andy's question. She's like, well, hey, I have an existing 401k plan. This is my only retirement plan that I have. If I had an IRA, I could do conversions with that. No big deal. Why mess around with my 401k if I had an IRA that I could convert? But if I have a 401k and let's say I've worked for an employer for a while and those are my qualified assets, I would like to convert some of that. And you couldn't unless there was a provision in the plan that allowed you to do an in-service withdrawal. So you would have to do an in-service withdrawal from the plan, put it into an IRA, and then do a conversion. And then prior to what, 2000, the Pension Pact of 06, I think, changed the rules too because to do a Roth conversion in the past, it had to touch an IRA first. It couldn't go from 401k to Roth IRA. So it'd have to go to 401k to IRA, IRA to Roth IRA. That law changed to go 401k to Roth IRA, right? But if I don't have access to the money because it's locked up in this plan and there was no Roth provision in the plan, so what the hell do you do? So the uh, 2010 came about. This is a nice history lesson the Roth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is right off the, the cuff. Huh? I have no life, I swear <laughs> to God. So... Um, so 2010 said, all right, well, you can do the conversions now. And so two years later, I believe it was 2012. Um, don't quote me on this, but 2012, because a lot of people complained. They were like, hey, I want to do a Roth conversion. This is great. I have an adjusted gross income now. That doesn't matter. And But all my money's bunched up in the 401k plan of my employer, and they don't allow an in-service withdrawal. So what do I do? And so the IRS came out and said, you know what? You can do an interplan conversion. 
So here's the problem with IRS regulation and plan documents, is that the plan document will supersede IRS regs. So IRS will say, yes, you can do it, but then it's up to your plan document, the 401k plan that was established by the provi- or your employer, to say, yes, we'll do it or not. And sometimes with those plan employers, they either don't know the rules or the laws, or they just use the third party like us, like paychecks. I don't know why the hell we use pay- no no offense to paychecks, but we're a two billion dollar firm and uses paychecks for our four hundred one k plan. How ridiculous is this? They they do a great job. I love you, paychecks. I love you. <laughs> Nothing bad to say. <laughs> but anyway, with that, it's just a it's just a, a template. You know what I mean? So right. they go, here's a simple template or whatever. And a lot of those templates probably won't allow it. Right. Even though the law says you can. So here was the problem with doing an inner plan conversion is that you couldn't recharacterize. So let's say you have a 401k plan, you have money in a 401k plan, that plan has a Roth option in the 401k plan. You say, hey, I want to move $5,000 from my 401k plan to the Roth option in the same plan. Please let me do that. Sure, you can do that by law. Now the money's in the 5000 in the Roth component. You get a 1099 from the 401k provider. You pay tax on that $5,000. But the problem was that you couldn't recharacterize. So once you did it, you were stuck. And some of the planning that we've done over the last 10 years was a lot of recharacterizations on Roths. But it doesn't matter today because the law changed and you can't, can't recharacterize anymore. anyway. Right. right. So the answer to your question, IRS regs allows anyone to do a Roth conversion inner plan however it's up to the plan doc and i were to guess <laughs> our plan doc would not allow that. well our, now I'll, I'll go back because our roth our our plan does have a roth option yes so but and, i don't think you can convert into well it. i don't know because it's uh, it was a, it, it, the roth option is a newer thing so we, i think we have a newer template so we may have that i'm, I'm not sure now i will i will say if, if it's an old 401k that you have that's the easy to from another employer you just roll that into an ira and do your roth conversions that way very simple so you got thanks, any other, thanks yeah, guys. Yeah, any Appreciate other questions? No, nope. <laughs> okay. that covers it All for right. now. I want to thank Andy for her wonderful questions great question. and great skills today. Uh, Big Al Clopine, wonderful job. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Well, that was like drinking from a fire hose. My gosh. You can ask Joe and Big Al your money questions live and in person, too. Email info at purefinancial.com or call and leave it in a voicemail at 888-994-6257. And I'll call you back and put you on the show, I promise. That number again is 888-994-6257. Subscribe to the podcast at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or find us on the brand new Google Podcasts app for Android. For you iPhone users, we're on Apple Podcasts, which used to be called iTunes and you can still find our ratings and reviews there or on Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Player FM, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen next time for more Your Money, Your Wealth presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Get a free financial assessment at purefinancial.com. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Hey, I wear the makeup and high heels, so I'm prettier than Joe.